hello there and welcome back to the Epicast Sports Podcast. Thank you for joining me once again. I appreciate you giving me your listening ears. Today, we're going to be talking about how to get repeat clients. Because as an entrepreneur, it's very important. It's one of the most important things in your business. It's the lifeblood of your business. If you have no clients, unless you have some magical, wonderful, mysterious business, you have no business. So, um, clients are the lifeblood of your business. So, I've got seven points for you for to share with you today. I've, I, I stumbled on my words then because I just realised I've just I've printed out all my points and I see there's eight. Hmm. But I think that might just be a little error on um. You know, when you use the 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 bullet point thing and um. It also makes numbers and I probably just entered again and it's giving me a number eight. But actually, it's actually um, giving away my my, my my bonus secret that I have for you. So there is going to be seven points, but there, yes, there's also a bonus. So, rambling aside, let's get started. Number one, you need to figure out what problem you're solving. If you're not solving a problem, then what's then who's going to want to buy from you? People normally buy from you to, to, to solve a problem. Don't necessarily see that problem as a negative thing because it might not be. For example, a very simplistic example would be, for example, if you have a um, birthday party coming up, and you need a cake, but you don't like making cakes, and you don't want to make a cake, and you don't want an Asda cake, or you don't want a Costco's cake. So, what do you do? You have a problem. Who can solve that problem for you? So, you you might go to a networking event, or you might be online, and you find out, I'll, I'll use my mum's business, for example, you might bump into Mrs. Wilson, who does cakes. And you mention to Mrs. Wilson, that you have um, this party coming up and you need to find a cake. And she says, oh, I make cakes. I make cupcakes, I make round cakes, I make square cakes, I make this cake and I make that cake. And she then has the solution to your problem. So Mrs. Wilson's cakes, that business solves the problem for people who who want cakes. As simple as that. If you are a, a massage therapist or a masseuse, um, your problem that you're solving is one that it might be a, a sports massage, so that's solving a problem. The problem might be for your clients that they need to relax. They need some time out for themselves. They 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 want they want to feel some human contact. So you solve that problem for them. So figure out what problem you're solving. For your clients, even even McDonald's solve a problem. I'm hungry. I can't bother to cook. I want something to eat really quickly. Boom, drive through McDonald's. You don't even have to get out of your car. Problem solved. <laughs> Not the healthiest of examples, but you know sometimes you know you just got to do a drive through McDonald's. So that's a problem. So 
find out what problem that you're solving initially for your for your customer. Number two would be to discover your niche market. Who are you serving? What is your who is your target audience? The biggest mistake that you can make in business is trying to be everything to everyone. It's not going to work. You can't take that scattergun approach. You do need to really niche your market down. An example would be for, so think about a business coach. So rather than say, I'm a business coach and I help everybody who has a business, I can help you as long as you have a business. Now, who who does that message speak to? Does it really speak to anyone in particular? You may be in a networking event where everyone has a business. You're not going to really appeal to anyone that way. So a great example would be a business coach who specialises in working with women who are starting their own, their own business after having a child. Now, you'd put it in a much sexier way than that. <laughs> you know, you're a coach for moms who want to start their own business, mompreneurs, although I do hate that term, mompreneur. But, you know, I'm a business coach for mompreneurs, that, that's a nice way to say it because then you, you start to you start to reach out to your target audience and then your marketing will start to reach out. It will start to speak to people. At this networking event example, you might be speaking to a male, so he wouldn't be your target audience. But you start telling, let's just call him John. You call you tell John that I'm a business coach for mompreneurs. Again, you'd put it in a much better way than that. Um, but we're not doing elevator pitches right now. And he thinks, oh, my wife just had a baby. She's been talking about having her own business because she wants to spend more time with her, new, with our newborn baby. So then he sees how you can help somebody. He might have a sister. He might have a, a work colleague. He might, have, he might know somebody. But by niching like that, you then start to, um, start to reach out to your clients. And then you also start to attract them because... You might start writing blogs for, for mompreneurs or want to be mompreneurs. You can start doing podcasts. And all the time you'll be talking to that specific niche and they'll be attracted to you. Now, just because you're niching, it doesn't mean that you can't work with other areas. But by focusing on your niche area, you have a real clear area to market to. You would research your, you know, your audience and find out what their problems are. It's going to be things like time, confidence, that sort of thing. But you can really start to speak to them. Now, there will be other people that, that will see what, you, what you're doing that can also relate to the issues of the mompreneur. So they will approach you as well. So it doesn't mean that you only get to work with that area, but just by niching down, you'd be able to reach that area much better. Another quick example would be, you could be an accountant for personal trainers. Now, being an accountant for a personal trainer, that's going to be better than just being an accountant for everyone. Although, when you start working with the personal trainers, they may have a family member, a friend, a colleague, who also needs some accounting. And they say, oh, my accountant's great. You know, just go and have a chat with her or him or what have you. So just really, yeah, as much as you can, niche down. Number three would be to heal the world. So I was thinking about Michael Jackson's song, I think, when I uh, <laughs> when I created that title. But yeah, so it sounds a bit over the top. But what I do mean is 
help people. That's through your content that you share online. So your content's going to be things like your your social media posts. It's going to be things like your, your blogs, your LinkedIn posts, your podcast. Hopefully this is helpful. <laughs> things, things like that. So always bear in mind is how I am helping. What information will my target audience, my niche area, what will they find important? What's going to matter to them? So if you're a dentist, maybe some really cool information on, I don't know what's really cool for a dentist to share, but some, oh, teeth whitening. Maybe there's a healthy way to do teeth whitening that doesn't bleach out your teeth or some, you know, some new technology for our braces, that Invisalign, that was a good, um, that was a good thing um, to talk about as a dentist. You don't have to have big metal tracks going across your face anymore. Now you can have this nice Invisalign. You know, the, there's that Invisalign brace where you, um, but you cannot, you can hardly see that um, you've got braces on. That's something interesting for a dentist to share. But then a dentist could also share interesting content to how to teach your children to brush their teeth. Here's a fun song that will help your child to brush their teeth. I found an amazing iPad app to help my son brush his teeth better without me being there. And it was it was really cool. So as a dentist, um, if I seen that kind of information being shared... I would be very interested. You'd be speaking to me in my language and you'd be solving problems and you'd be helping me. So have a think about how you can help your target audience because if you've done your research, which goes back to our point number two, in your niche market, you should know what my problems are. And once you know my problems, you should be able to provide useful and helpful content that will help, um, yeah, that will just help me and to help solve my problems or just to give me awesome tips and advice that um, I find quite useful. Number four would to be to offer an exciting freebie. So I know you're thinking, well, I'm in business and I need to make money. I can't be just giving away freebies. Well, yes, you probably can because sometimes um, people need a bit of a hook to get into your business. So a great example of this would be, I don't know why I'm thinking of personal trainers again, maybe because I've um, just come from the gym and I'm in the gym every day. So um, that, the, these gym people are in, in, my, in my head at the moment. Um, but a great example for a personal trainer would be to, to offer free personal training session where during that session the personal trainer would um find out about my goals find out um why they're important to me find out um you know what what issues i've had what i've tried before and they may take me through my paces a little bit and say and then at the end they, they should present me really with a solution to whatever my challenges are so, for example, the conversation could go something like, um, great, so I understand your goals are to lose X amount of pounds. I can definitely help you with that. And I will help you to stay accountable. I will support you. I will be your cheerleader. And this is my package and it costs such and such and such. What do you think about that? Or how does that sound? Something something along them lines. Um, but that free session would get to it will help you to build a relationship with each other you would find out as as a, as a business owner you'd find out about the client's needs you'd find out if you could work together if you'd have a bit of a, of a rapport 
you'll be solving problems in that session, going back to number one again, and then you'll be then offering a solution. Other examples of freebies to offer would be ebooks. Um, you see ebooks being offered a lot, and half the time people don't read your ebooks, but when you do read ebooks, there's some really useful information inside, and it's a great way to demonstrate your your knowledge, your expertise. People get a flavour for your personality because people do buy from people. And also, if you're someone that's on marketing online, it gets people into your into your mailing list. So you can that's just another way that you can start to build up a relationship. So have a think about what kind of freebie you can offer in your business, and um, do let me know. Um, I might um, if you write an ebook, I might have a quick read. I'm an avid reader. I love reading. I speed read, which is always useful for when you love books. Um, but yes, let me know what you do manage to create. Number five is not to leave business on the table. I've seen this example happen so many times when I hear I overhear conversations or I have a business owner owner telling me that they, they met someone that was really, really interested in their service and they were so excited and they gave the car to them and they never hear from them again. You wonder why? <laughs> Well, it's because you left the business on the table. You didn't give a reason to follow up or you didn't actually ask them if they'd like to buy. Yes, there's not always, the, the opportunity isn't always there initially. But if I had someone that was quite interested in doing business with me and the, the conversation wasn't going that way as in, as, and I couldn't ask them for the business there and then, I would be taking their number and I would be setting up a call to follow up with them. Because if you leave it with that, potential client to call you back sometimes they do but do you know what the majority of the time they don't because when they go home they've got the house to deal with they've got maybe children to deal with they've got a husband a wife to deal with a partner then they've got tv phone to watch and then there is you know maybe they go to the gym in the evening and maybe they need to do some washing and maybe they have a fish or a dog and something else to deal with and oh maybe they need to call the mom or the nan or they need to do something but basically what I'm trying to say is that you come at the very bottom of that list even if you're important to them you're not going to be important as all the other things that are going in that person's life so you've got to take responsibility and take control of that situation and tell them, okay, I'll give you a call tomorrow at about 11, 12. Is that okay with you? And they'll probably say yes. And if not, they'll give you another time to call. And when you go home, follow up with an email. Lovely meeting you today. I'll give you a call tomorrow at 11, 12, whatever time it was, as arranged. And then you can go for your sales conversation. So stop leaving business on the table don't be afraid to ask when people are asking a lot of questions about your business and your service and prices and what have you they're buying signals don't see them as um they're trying to catch me out see as an interest because when they're not interested it's usually ah okay okay that sounds great but the more questions they're asking it's normally because they're quite interested so um yes don't leave any more business on the table please Thank you. Number six. Right. Once, so once you've secured your new client, they need to then feel the love. It's often when people buy, 
the following day or sometimes even after they've just pressed pay or given over the money they start to feel feel buyer's remorse it's where you feel like have i made the right decision should i have spent all of that money on that program should i given that trainer all my money is he going to give me results so this is a good way to then to enable to in order to keep that client and to to, to get them over the buyer's remorse follow up with them Maybe sending an email saying, you know, thank you so much for booking today. Here's the information um, we're, we're going to discuss. In this program, we're going to do A, B, C, D, E, F and G. Or I found this and I thought it really might help you. And, and what you're doing, you, you, you're reaffirming that they made the right decision to buy with you. Which is super important. Just to keep, just to get them over that hurdle of buyer's remorse just um give them give them lots of value give them give them more love it could even be if imagine if you are a car showroom this never happens well maybe it does actually but imagine if you got a call the next day after buying a car that was far too much money imagine that phone call came through and they says everything okay with the car do you need anything any help with anything else and you'd be like no no thank you the car's fine but how lovely would it have been just to have that call? That would be really nice. I'd be like, oh, that's so sweet. My buyer's remorse would be disappearing as quickly as my money had disappeared when I drove off the forecourt. <laughs> but yes, um, think of ways that you can, you know, show the love and appreciation for your client. Because you can't just take the money and they never hear from you again. That's actually a bit rude. You know, so um, just, yeah, give that some um, some thoughts. Like I said, clients want to feel as though they made the right decision and um, make them feel happy that they actually made that decision to work with you. Number seven is to upsell. So the best people to buy from you are always going to be people that have already brought from you. Because by this time, and if you've, if you've done your job right, they will know, like, and trust you. So if then, if, if you have a new product or service to offer them, give them a call. Send them an email saying, we've got this new, great, fandangly, sparkly, shiny object to sell to you now. <laughs> give them a call. Give them an email. Send them a text. Just let your existing clients know what you can offer them because it's going to be so much easier for them to buy from you they may want the item they may not but you've got to let people know that you have these things available it's like i said or did i say it i'm not sure it's it, it's so much it's an easier decision because they're not starting all the way from scratch they're not going into the unknown territory a great example of upselling is amazon amazon are, are great at doing this because you you buy you buy your book or what have you but with me it's always books i'm always buying books from amazon and then and then as i brought or i'm in the process of buying they then say to me other people who brought this book also brought these books would you like them? <laughs> and sometimes I might like them, sometimes I don't. I might add them onto my wish list. But they're, they're offering me more. And then after a while, they will send me a, a reminder to say, are you interested in these books? They, they get in touch with me. They don't wait for me to go back to their website. They get in touch with me again, which is great. So if you're a photographer, 
for example, and you you might may have done wedding photos, wouldn't it be a good idea to then get in touch with your client again a year later at the anniversary to say, oh, it's your anniversary. You didn't buy these pictures for your wedding, but I've put together this little collage. Are you interested? And maybe they would be, maybe they wouldn't. You never know. By that time, the woman might be pregnant if they choose to have children. So you might have some newborn photos then to get booked up. So, um... Yes, go back to those existing clients and see what else you can you can sell to them. What new problems can you solve for your target audience? So there you there you go. Oh yeah, think about it this way. Um, do you do you buy from a different supermarket every week? You probably don't. You probably go to the same supermarket every week. You're constantly going going back to people you've already bought from, people that you know, like, and trust. So there you go. That's seven ways to help you to get and keep new clients. Oh, there was that bonus that I spoke about. So as a bonus, ask for referrals. You can ask your existing client base, who do you know who that would like a cake or a personal training session or some photos taken or would like to come to my events? Who do you know? Do you, you know, invite two friends along, bring a friend along for free. Ask, constantly ask for referrals. Have a referral program. You know, um, you bring in a new client for me and I would give you a free session or 50% off your next order. Something like that. But always ask for referrals. And, and that's another easy, minimal cost way for you to get more clients. So there you have it. I hope that was really, really interesting for you. I hope there's some nuggets that you can um, take away and implement into your business. It's been great sharing these with you. Thanks again for listening. You can connect with me at Paula Hemmings on Instagram and Twitter or at Kickass Talks on Twitter. Also, um, just type in Kickass Talks to Facebook. Give us a like on our Facebook page and do join the group and drop a comment. It will be great to hear from you. And I'll be back again soon with some more kick-ass content for you. Take care. Bye-bye.